Welcome to the One Sealed Letter podcast, where we explore the legacy of letter writing and bring this beautiful art form into the 21st century. I'm your host, Kay Collier, the voice and warm body behind this podcast, and Katherine Hastings and Company. As we get into the holiday season, I'm starting to think about holiday cards. This episode is all about sending holiday cards in 2020. I feel like it's been such a strange year that we need a different approach to holiday cards this year. Hopefully a year from now, we'll be back to some type of normal and we can go into holiday cards like we've always done them. Also, maybe we'll have a better direction for the types of holiday cards that we want to send in the future. I was feeling pressure when I was looking at my list of holiday cards of who am I going to write? I mean, there's a huge list of people that I normally send cards to. Are there people on that list that I want to say more than just the couple sentences that I normally would say in a holiday card? Also, are there maybe people that I haven't been in contact with in quarantine and I hadn't been in contact with them the year before or the year before that? Is it time for them to still be on the holiday card list? Also with holiday cards, I'm thinking about the update. Usually at the end of the year, we're reflecting about what we've done this year. It's been an amazing year for me in many ways, even though the pandemic has been kind of this heavy chrysalis that I can't wait to break free from. It's been also a time of personal growth and transformation, starting this podcast, meeting you, starting Catherine Hastings and Company. And the thing is, my friends know about that, so I don't really need to update them about everything that I'm doing here. And when I look at the rest of the year, there's really not much else to talk about. We didn't do an exciting family vacation. There wasn't some new hobby that we took up. It was really just we're at home and we're spending more time together as a family. So just with those two main differences of our relationships being a bit different in quarantine and our year being different because of quarantine, I wanted to give myself permission to create holiday cards in a way that's a little bit different this year. Also, the thing I found so funny was even though I'm home pretty much all the time, I don't feel like I have a lot of energy for holiday cards. I usually hand address every single envelope. Who knows? I might still be doing that this year. Ask me in a week and maybe I'll, I'll be doing all my holiday cards. We'll see. But I feel like any of my creative time or my time for self-care that normally would have gone into something like this type of holiday card project, really just going into other things. I'm needing to resource myself much better than I was in previous years because of the weight of the pandemic. So just take this as um, advice for whatever's good for you. If you want to do your holiday cards like you've always done them, great, but also don't feel pressure to do that. You can not send any cards if you don't want. You can just send a few people cards it's really going to be up to you. And then again, hopefully in a year, I'll record a new episode and it will be all about holiday card 101 and the normal thing that everyone should do. We're just in a very strange time. So it's important to listen to your heart and figure out, well, what do you really want to do? So for planning holiday cards for 2020, I think the first piece is really having a plan, understanding what what do you want to do? Are you wanting to reach out to your entire network? If so, who is on your list? When going through my list of people that normally get holiday cards, I realized there were a couple on there that really didn't make me feel good. I kind of realized, well, for whatever reason, relationship has changed. 
I don't think I'm going to be sending a holiday card. So it's a time for me also to edit. Look at some of the people that are on your list. Have you grown so far apart that maybe doesn't make sense to send a holiday card anymore? Or is it maybe somebody that you haven't been in contact with, but you really miss them? Maybe in that case, it means you should send a holiday letter instead. Rather than just the photo and a couple words about happy holidays, you could write something that's a little bit more in depth to really connect with that person. So on your list of planning, first thing is just list the people that you want to send cards to. I also like to think about who are my top 10. If they're in my immediate family, they're already going to be in a separate top 10 list. Obviously, they're going to be getting presents and cards. Anyone who's getting a holiday present from me obviously is going to be on some type of Christmas card list. So they're a little bit separate. My my sister, my best friend Francesca. But I'd say for the others, who are those top 10 people that are on that holiday card list that I'm just really excited to connect with? I thought of a few. So my friend Paralee, she and I used to work together. We have very similar interests. She's an entrepreneur in so many ways. Her husband's an entrepreneur. She's creative. She lives in Colorado. We have kids that are a similar age. But I think because of that, we're all just so busy. I have not been able to connect with her. So she's on my list of top 10 people to write. Also have a dear friend from college that uh, fell, fell away from for a while. And I just really miss that friend. So I'm going to write a holiday letter to them. The top 10 list of people doesn't have to be, these are the next people that are closest to you. When we think about how our social networks work, where we might have an inner most group of people. So I'd say for me, my immediate pod, my husband, Rob, and my son, William, that's the smallest circle of closeness. But then I have my sister, my best friend, Francesca, my parents, my brother-in-law, John, my brother-in-law, David, my sister-in-law, Emma Claire. I could go on <laughs> as I go out further in the, the family rings. Um, but, you know, I'm very, very close with my family. Outside of that, that top 10 list, it doesn't necessarily mean that those people are closer to me. I have many friends that I'm quite close with that I probably won't send a holiday letter to. Part of that's that we've been in great contact throughout the whole pandemic. For example, my friend Sarah Chamberlain, you'll probably see me talking about her sometimes in my Instagram post. She's an amazing writer and always has the best recommendations on food and books to read. She and I do a regular call, I think it's once a month or so, where we're connecting. So I don't feel like I have to send her a holiday letter. So I'd say for your top 10 list, just think about who are 10 people that you are genuinely excited to write. It doesn't have to mean they're super close with you. It doesn't have to mean you're going to write a super long letter. Just 10 people that you really want to connect with. Holiday cards in 2020 are different because we're missing that in-person connection with people. We're not able to give hugs to people. We're not able to go to the brewery and just have an impromptu beer and catch up. And so the holiday cards are actually a way to make up for some of that. Especially if you're tired of Zooming or FaceTiming, you want to put your phone down for a while, picking up a piece of paper and just writing a letter can be really important. So first part of the planning I'd mentioned, have your list of people. I recommend also having within that list your top 10. So maybe those are people that within the holiday card get a letter or they just get a letter instead of a holiday card. Really think about people that you're excited to write, people that you miss that you've maybe been out of contact with. And that's going to start to inform how many cards you're going to send. So if you get your list narrowed down and 
you're at 10 people, then great, you could easily do something that's more um, time consuming for them. You could do cards that are better decorated. My friend Maya, who I've mentioned on the podcast, is a wonderful um, epistolary artist. She's a great calligrapher. She's a great watercolor painter. Every single one of her envelopes is hand-painted, and she has, I think, maybe 8 to 12 people that she writes. So that size list, that's still a lot of work for her, but it's a small enough list where she can make something that's really beautiful and handcrafted. My list usually is upwards of 200, sometimes 300 cards. So that's a network of maybe 500 people that are getting a card from me. And those are people that somehow I feel like I actually know well. It's people that I grew up with, people that I went to boarding school with, my husband's friends from college, friends from grad school, friends we had when we lived in Colorado and New York and now Seattle, family friends from Lake Tahoe, like my cousins. I mean, it doesn't take long <laughs> to get that list to be pretty big, but that first part of refining your list will help, and then you'll get a number. So that number of people is going to help you determine what type of card are you going to do. Again, this is quarantine. We are in a different year, so you don't need to do holiday cards like you've already always done them. If you've always been a person who sent 100 cards, but that doesn't sound exciting to you, don't do it. Think of ways to make it a little bit easier or just to write some of the people that are on the list. Are there ways that you could even maybe do an email update? Obviously, you know I'm all about paper and the things that are handmade, but I'm also about creating the things that feel good to create. So with that planning, once you get your list of people, you'll have the number of people, you also want to set a budget. If you're doing holiday holiday letters, you might not need to budget much other than postage, but if you're doing, let's say, a printed card, then you want to have a budget because that's going to determine not only where you purchase your cards from, if you're doing a full suite that you'd purchase from, let's say, an online seller like Minted, or if you're doing a hybrid where maybe you'd have something professionally printed, but then you would be maybe adding it into your own card. I'll go into some of those more kind of budget options as well. But have an idea of what you want to spend and then break that down by person. So basically take your budget number, divide it by the number of people on your list. That's what you have to spend for your holiday cards. So that's the first part. Um, I'll just quickly recap. For your planning, you want to know who's on your list Take the time to edit it and don't feel bad about it. Marie Kondo that list. Just find the people that bring you joy and those are the people that you'll keep. Of course, you could think about, you know, that great aunt that you haven't seen in 30 years who might feel bad and in that case, yeah, maybe send her a letter, but don't feel like you have to keep people in there. My friend Kate always says that people are either in your life for a reason, a season, or life. So you'll do that part, then you'll have your number of people. I recommend, again, having a top 10 list. doesn't have to be the top 10 that are closest to you, but 10 people that you're excited to write, and then your budget, and that will then narrow you down to your budget per an invite. So then from there, you'll be able to go into your design planning for your holiday cards. The traditional holiday card usually has a photo on it. It's usually some type of decoration. Um, there's even, you know, gold foiled options that are out there. The traditional cards tend to be printed by a professional and you have a range of options there. So on more the budget side, your Walgreens, they can print a five by seven card for you for a nominal fee, where when you go with a company like Minted, it's going to be a thicker paper, it's going to be more expensive. The question of kind of first part of the design, photo or no photo, 
that's really a personal preference. There are some funny things that people are doing in 2020. I'm sure you're going to get holiday cards like this, but the holiday card with people wearing their masks. So there might be some fun ways you could think about incorporating photos or if let's say you're a, a dog mom or a cat mom, you could put, well, maybe you should Photoshop it. Maybe don't put it on their face, but you could do, you know, kind of something to play, play with the idea of quarantine. I saw a fun card that was a snow globe and it said, happy holidays from our home to your home. And so I'd say, you know, photo, no photo, that's kind of personal preference. You could also think about if you are doing a photo, is there a fun way to play with the theme of 2020? Or maybe even just something that's about how excited you are for 2021, things that you're looking forward to. When I think about photos, I usually am thinking about the whole family. Most of the people that I'm connected with, so the people that are in that list that I've mentioned, they've actually seen photos of me throughout the year because we're connected through social media. So it's a little bit different in the times that we live in. But also, friends really like to display photos. We usually take all of our cards and put them on our bar. And so for the next, you know, two months or so, I usually keep them long after Christmas, every time I walk by my bar, I see my friends and their kids and their dogs and um, people, even their like, wedding photos, if they got married earlier in the year that you'd see there, really just, you know, brightens my day. And so with photos, think about that too. Are these going to friends that maybe would display them? That might make you feel a little self-conscious, but just remembering that people want to see you and they care about you. These are your closest people. A photo can be a really nice inclusion. I'd say if you're not doing a photo, you'll still want to make sure that you're doing something that's personalized. So in that case, maybe you have either a drafted letter that goes in the card for everyone, like a family newsletter as an example, or you actually write a handwritten note to them. On design, you also want to think about the people that you're sending the card to and what types of design elements they would appreciate. So as an example, I celebrate Christmas. I come from a family that's basically agnostic, um, but my friends are from all different faiths. So I have friends who are atheists. I have friends who are pagans. I have friends who are Christian. Um, Jewish. I have um, one friend on my Christmas card list who's Muslim. And so I'm not going to do a Christmas card. I could do maybe some color palettes that I'm interested in. So for instance, if you wanted a plaid card that has kind of Christmassy colors, but those are also just colors that people wear in winter. It's a, a warm fabric. I say um, as much as possible, try to create a design that's as inclusive as possible to people on your list. So if even let's say somebody you know they celebrate Christmas, but you have somebody else that doesn't, maybe you just make all of your cards not about Christmas, but on that one person that you do want to wish them a happy Christmas, you can just write that by hand in the card. So always try to go as inclusive as possible. Um, from a palette perspective too, you don't have to do the Christmassy colors. There are a lot of beautiful cards that still look wintry, um, particularly, you know, Hanukkah colors. So if you're looking at like blues and whites and golds, those work for any type of holiday card as well. Or you could just do something that looks very modern. Maybe it's just a white card with black font and then you have a photo on it. For design, there's also the sense of how much information are you wanting to have in the card. So if you have maybe a photo card, is it one photo? Is it multiple? Do you have a front and a back? part of the card? Do you have a written update? Written updates can be wonderful to include if you want to do kind of an update to everyone in your network. 
about what's happened that year. I recommend whenever possible to keep that relatively short. Um, the only exception would be is if you're a writer or maybe like a, a blogger, travel blogger, something like that, where your friends really rejoice in your writing because your craft is writing. That can be, you know, good to create something that's a little bit more long form. But otherwise, it's often not something that people actually read. They'll kind of skim the letter um, and they'll just keep it in the card. So I'd say really edit down what you're going to say if you do a written update there because you want to make sure that people read it. Also with updates, some updates might apply for some people in your network, some might not. So as an example, if let's say one of my good friends who I know is struggling with fertility, I don't want to send her a card that's all about like babies as an example. I'm obviously not pregnant right now, but if I if that were my big news, I wouldn't want to send her a card that's just like plastered about my pregnancy. Instead, I would want something that would apply for everyone. And then for those friends that are really excited about a new baby, then I'd put in a special note there. So again, thinking about just that piece of being more inclusive to people that you're going to be writing, you're not looking at it from the perspective of who am I and how can I express myself? You're thinking about what does this person that I care about want to know and writing it from that perspective. And if there is something that maybe you don't want to share with a colleague and your colleague's on the Christmas list or the, excuse me, the holiday list, then maybe you don't put that in the main set of cards, but you write it in for anyone else that's interested. I mentioned I talked some about budget ideas. So from kind of your top, top of budget option would be to hire a company that does printing. And that's going to be varying in cost, but sometimes that's around like 3 to $5 if you're doing something really high-end that's still automated through online. And that would be using high-quality paper, high-quality printing, maybe even some gold foil work would be in there. To so your most budget option would just be to buy some cards, print your own photos, and put them inside. I love that option, and that's what we did for many years. I love just being able to print my own cards at Walgreens. I know it doesn't look necessarily as fancy, as doing something from a more expensive printer, but when it's paired with a nice written letter that's on nice paper, to me that looks a lot better than doing the thing that's more expensive. You hear me talk about this a lot, but it's all about creating something that's beautiful and being authentic with the people that you care about. So if you don't care about looking fancy, your friends aren't going to care about it either, and hopefully your friends don't care about you looking fancy anyway. And then on the other side, if you are doing something that is more expensive, you still want to make sure that you're connecting with those people. So don't make design design sit don't excuse me don't make design decisions just because they look fancy. Um, you want to make sure that it's something that is just a design that resonates with you and you think that will resonate with others. Other budget options if you want to maybe have cards printed but use envelopes that are budget, you can do that. And when I say budget, a lot of envelopes that are cheaper than what you would buy through a printer, they are actually a higher quality. So even if you're just looking online for an A7 envelope, that's your 5x7 card, you can find some beautiful envelopes. Um, I have a set of emerald green envelopes that have a gold foiled rim that I'll be using, I think. And then I'm not needing to pay for expensive envelopes from some printer. I'm buying one that I found was affordable online and then just taking my holiday card from whatever printer I end up using. 
Also, if I maybe just print photos, I could do some handwritten cards and then put it in an envelope that's not that expensive, but that feels really nice. And the reason I mentioned budget with some of this is because when you're doing holiday cards, you often have a lot of people that you're writing. And so it can add up quickly. If you write 100 people and you make adjustment that's $100, that's, you know, just a dollar more for a person, but it really adds up. Um, so yeah, it kind of plan out the full design. And then um, for wax seals, of course, you know, I love wax seals. I will be launching a holiday collection around wax seals. I'm keeping it pretty simple with motifs that I'm interested this year. My favorite ones for the holiday season that are going to be launching are Forget-Me-Not, which I think is perfect for 2020 and us being in quarantine, a reminder of true love and remembrance, which is exactly what we need when we're separated from the people we love. also have a peace dove that's um, I Bring Peace, which I think is beautiful. Again, when you think about the cards you're sending, you're probably going to want to send cards to people that are, you know, of all different faiths. And so choosing one that applies for everyone is good. The other piece with budget and design does come into wax seals as well. Even if you're doing wax seals on your own, you have the wax, you have the stamp, you want to factor in the extra cost of postage if the stamp is on the outside. So for that, um, I think it's 15 cents for hand canceling. I usually add 21 cents just to be safe in case it's um, a little bit thicker. It won't get flagged by the post. And that has to go through hand canceling, which I alluded to. So I'll go into that a little bit later. Okay, so you have your planning, you know the number of people you're writing, you know your budget, you have a general sense of design. The other piece to mention with design is that you don't have to do the same thing for everyone. So if you have that list of top 10 people, Maybe those are the people that you slip a handwritten letter into the card with, um, where everyone else might just get a photo card and a card that you're just signing your name on. That's totally fine too. Okay, so next piece is the execution, which shouldn't feel as bad as an execution or have any similar result. It should be enjoyable. So if you do this whole planning and design and then you feel like this is overwhelming, that's a sign just to go back to the drawing board and see, okay, how can I make it simpler? Do I need to keep the list as it is? Are there things that maybe I could sacrifice from a design perspective to make it easier? And sometimes that means maybe going with the option that's a little bit more expensive, maybe having the printer print your return address on there. I bought a little hand press on Etsy for my family's return address. So very easy. I'm just going to press every single envelope. They're all going to be embossed. It looks beautiful. It also takes me zero time. I used to hand calligraph every single envelope with a pointed pen and it took hours and hours. So that's something I've taken off my list. Um, and you could think about that too. Are there certain things that you just want to streamline? Maybe it means you drop a design element that's cheaper. Maybe it means you opt for the thing that somebody does it for you and that's a little bit more expensive. I'm not mentioning paying for calligraphers. Obviously it's a little bit late on that anyway, but I think just from you who are listening, chances are you already are a good calligrapher or you have a script that you're working and I trust that whatever your script looks like it's going to be amazing on your cards and it's going to be something that your friends will really appreciate seeing something that's handwritten. On the side of execution I do love having the front address handwritten. It doesn't have to be fancy calligraphy but there's something that's really special about knowing someone took the time to write something by hand. I know you already appreciate that if you're following this podcast or you follow my work, 
But I think it's just worth mentioning that something that is probably a harder thing to sacrifice if you're wanting to go for that really authentic feel where somebody knows that you took time to create something for them. If you are totally stressed about doing that, there are options just to print labels though. So backup option would be to print labels. And then um, I have a timeline. So I'm looking at when I need my invites sent by, or my invites, my cards sent by, have a, a timeline when those need to go out by, and then you build your timeline back from that. So if I have a list of, let's say 150 envelopes that I need to address, and I know I want my cards sent within the next 15 days, I'm breaking that back to 10 a day. I'd say the more that you can break it down, the better. If you have a day where you could put on some holiday movies and just hand address envelopes while you do that, that can also be enjoyable too. You can put some ritual to it. But I'd say have somewhat of a plan of how you're going to do it. Just do a gut check to make sure it feels good and then get started. And then for your top 10 people, if you end up doing that, I would say don't do more than two of those each day. If you have a day totally to yourself, you might be able to fit more in. But from my experience, it takes a level of presence and relaxation for me to connect one-on-one with people when I'm writing them a letter. Sometimes I'll write outlines of things I want to say to people, but I have to wait until I'm inspired and I have that energy to actually put pen to paper in a way that's meaningful. So again, plan those out. If I know I have 15 days, I'd maybe say one letter a day and then I'll have a couple days off where I don't do it for those top 10 people. Okay. So also again, remember this is a different year. So things are a little bit different and the same comes for mailing as well. Normally I would put a wax seal on every single invitation, or I keep saying invitation, um, every single envelope. During COVID, I'm not sure if I'm going to do that on every single one. If I do, I will hand cancel. And the way that I'll do that is I'll add everything I need at home. So I'll do all my extra postage. I'll have them ready to go. And then I'll have them together and I'll put a note on them saying, these are ready. Are you able to hand, could you please hand cancel them for me? Bring them to the post office. I don't need to be shouting across the shield that's in our post office right now during COVID. They're able to, to see the note. I can mention it also, of course. But that just makes it really clear. Here's the stack. They're ready to go. Hand cancel them. They have all the postage. If you don't have postage, I recommend just ordering some. You can order them from stamps.com and have them sent to your house. In June, the Postal Service stopped doing custom stamps. So that traditional option where you could maybe put a family photo or something on there isn't there. But they do have some wonderful holiday ones. You also can look at stamp providers. So on Instagram, Stamp It, Send It. She has some curated collections of um, stamps that you could use. Marbled Paper Studio. Sorry, I mispronounced her hashtag or his her handle. Um, I think it's maybe Marbled Tree Studio, Mar- Marbled Paper Studio. I think you know who I'm talking about, Vanessa. Um, she has some stamps as well. So for those, you can find somebody on Etsy or through those businesses where they sell stamps, or you could go on a site like eBay. You're going to be paying a premium this time of year if you're buying stamps that are holiday specific, but you might be able to find some that are 2020 specific that people might not be thinking about. So one's about supporting our nurses or about the CDC, even that might be kind of a cool stamp to include on a holiday card this year. 
You could also just find stamps that are in a theme, maybe a color theme for the holidays. So if you have green envelopes, finding some vintage green stamps to go with it. Um, I don't think I'm going to go too wild on postage this year. I find the best way is just to have a couple stamp options that I'll work from and then have enough for all the um, envelopes that I'm going to be sending. Okay, so that was the main list of things that I wanted to talk about. It's a little bit long-winded. I realized I've talked longer than I intended to, but I really just want you to have permission to do holiday cards this year in the way that feels best for you. You don't need to do anything fancy. You have everything that you need. And really just listen to your heart. Who are the people that you want to connect with and reach out to? Um, other thing I'd say is, especially for people who are elderly, make sure they're getting a good card. Those people are the ones who are most isolated during this time because they're at higher risk. And so they're not seeing their family as often as others are. And it's, um, yeah, a lot, a lot more isolating. And then, of course, if you have questions on your holiday cards, let me know. Also tag me. Show me what you're doing with your holiday cards if there was something that I should have mentioned, also let me know and I can post it on Instagram with advice for everyone who's listening.